0: Mastering Emotions with the Life Coach Mom, Morella Acebo. Join us on this wellness-driven life show as we delve into the enlightening conversation with Morella, a certified life coach and best-selling author. Known as the Life Coach Mom, Morella shares her wisdom on personal development, spiritual growth, and the power of emotional mastery. Don't miss her insightful tips drawn from her decade-long coaching experience and her unique journey in the TV industry. Tune in and learn to navigate life's challenges gracefully and resiliently. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Morella Acebo, or the Life Coach Mom, is a certified life coach and best-selling author of SOS for the Mom. With a decade's experience in personal development and spiritual growth coaching, she champions emotional mastery to enhance lives. Best, besides coaching, Morella has a 15-year tenure in the TV industry as an actor, writer, producer, and storyteller. I'm so pleased to welcome to the stage, Miss Morella.
1: Hi, April. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's an absolute
0: pleasure. I'm excited to learn a little bit about your journey. It sounds exciting already. TV industry, life coach, and I've seen a little bit of what you've created and you also incorporate so much humor and it's really a beautiful thing to be able to see. And also knowing that production aspect of life, you bring such a colorful and beautiful thing to the audience. So I'm excited to dive in. Let's start by sharing a little bit more about you with the audience.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, that was a beautiful introduction. So thank you for that. I am from L.A. I've been born and raised here I've lived here all my life. I am a, uh, a mom, a wife. I have two grown kids. And as you said, I am currently a life coach and I am also uh, an actor. I've been an actor for about 16 years and I just love comedy. I love being in the moment. I just naturally see humor uh, in the day to day. And I think that's really helped me uh, remain positive and um, just see things from a different perspective, naturally is bringing things to, to, to life. And it's added a lot of life and color just to my, to my own life. It certainly does. Doesn't it? When we,
0: you know, I think that that brings up a really great place to start where, when we switch our energy to, it's just kind of like when we smile, it's contagious. Right. And it just naturally uplifts our energy. And so when we bring ourselves to uh, put ourselves intentionally in a state like that, it just is going to naturally do that because that's the response. And so many of us, you know, in life, it just goes into the daily grind and we forget yeah. that. And it's it's not easy to just all of a sudden stop and be like, you know, I should just smile or I should laugh or yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that it is easier said than done. And to be said, that when we start doing that more and more, the easier it becomes.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't always come naturally uh, to people, but I I think it's important to tap into the playful side of us, to switch the energy. You're so right. And I think that really speaks to just the ability that we have to, um, to change our state state, meaning our state of mind or an emotional state that we might be in just to be able to change it quickly by thinking about something, by seeing the humor in something, uh, by laughing, by even watching something that uh, helps you emote something different. And and it's all around us. If we are really aware, right, if we're really looking for, for those things, they're everywhere.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. And and you made a good point too. When we're really looking, when we're we're observing, the evidence starts to become clear more and more. Marilla, when you, you know, were going through school, going through life in general, you know, childhood, when was when was the points or points that came across to you where you realized the importance of this to incorporate humor and laughter and just fun? <laughs>
1: I would say when I became an adult, but I actually want to back up a little bit because that's a great question. And it's making me think of something. Um, so just a little background context to uh, who I am. Uh, again, I was born in L.A. I was born to a single mom and it was just the two of us. Now, my mom came into this country in uh, as a young woman in her mid 20s. And she only spoke Spanish. She only had a sixth grade education, by the way. So her upbringing was, uh, she was born and raised on a ranch, comes here. I never met my dad. So the two of us uh, were were really a strong unit. And I speak about her in past tense because she's passed away. Uh, But growing up, we were super close. And growing up, I I spent a lot of time by myself. My mom worked full time, and so she was up and out of the house before I would even wake up. So as a, I just remember at starting at ten years old, I started a new school. Ten years old, I was in fifth grade, and I took on all the response, so much of the responsibility. I shouldn't say all of it. Of really being responsible for myself, waking myself up at six a.m. I would make my breakfast, make my lunch, get myself ready, walk to school. Uh, do school all day, which I loved because again, as an only child, that just gave me so much, there was so much stimulation and I was around so many other kids and it was fun. So then I would come home and I would be on my own. So I'd fix myself a snack. I would do my homework and then my mom would come at dinner time. So, uh, I say all that because as a very young child, uh, again, I took on so much of responsibility. I had a lot of time to think, had so much creativity as a child, lots of imagination. And because I was by myself, there wasn't a whole lot of stimulation. (laughs) It's not like I was talking to somebody or I I wasn't, uh, you know, joking around or just engaging with another person. To
0: to argue with or play with. Exactly,
1: exactly. It was me, myself and I. And so just, Again, my creativity, I think it really helped develop imagination and creativity. And then also, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I think as I look back, again, being by myself, um, I was really able, I learned early on how to regulate myself, how to regulate really my own emotions, how, how I feel about things, like really get in touch with what I'm feeling and what am I going to do next? And am I thirsty? And am I hungry? And, and I know those seem like silly examples, but... Really, these are the types of conversations I have with grown-ups today is being in the moment and understanding what is it that you need in this very moment, no matter how small it is, really being in touch with your current need and living in the moment. And it starts with, believe it or not, those kinds of things. Yeah. It's just reflecting on what is it that my body needs right now if I feel tension, if i if I feel thirsty and 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 so, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself, going well, back you to your question. That-
0: You brought up a great point and and I'd love Mm -hmm. to bring this into perspective because uh, not everybody is an only child right not everybody had just the one parent that were not around often or you know even maybe were less involved in like after school programs or all of the sports or what have you so not everybody had those experiences to ask those questions to actually reflect on the self and you know what am i going to do i mean there's so much concentration there in a totally different area Mm -hmm. whereas. You know, another person would be busy in life already, yes. you know, so thrown and engulfed in all of the things and all of the projects and all of the people and all of the the stuff and experiences, right? So they they didn't come to a point where they could maybe have more reflection and go within like you had the opportunity to.
1: Yes, that's such a great point because as a mom now, I mean, my kids are adults, but how I, I spent so much time... Uh, <laughs> with activities and taking them here and there. And these are all things that I didn't have as a child yeah. uh, I had to take me to these things. I didn't even know all these things were available. So again, I just figured out how to entertain myself and, and be okay on my own. And, uh, and I, again, so just soothing myself, comforting myself and in, in ways that I didn't even realize at the time, now that yeah. I'm an adult and I reflect back, I go, Oh, that's why it's so hard for me to be around people who are dysregulated in their emotions because I learned so young how to be okay with life's circumstances and with the struggles that we faced. And and it was hard. And I, again, my mom had a sixth grade education. So she worked a minimum wage job in a factory. She only spoke Spanish. And so I had to grow up real quick. And I was her the interpreter for for her, as well as just starting to work at a young age and really fending for myself uh, in ways that most of my friends didn't have to right so it cultivated so many great themes so many great like building blocks that i have since now built up and that's one of it like going back to your um uh, the it was the questions had to do with sense of humor or the levity and when did i realize something about that I think looking back on it, it was just really young. It was cultivated within me because of my life circumstance. So those were all gifts for me. You know, I share my life experience, not for people to to feel sorry, but just to show a different perspective that in the challenges of being raised by a single mom, uh, who we struggled financially, we lived paycheck to paycheck. I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty, but then those were really opportunities to cultivate other things. That maybe I didn't necessarily value at the time because I didn't know, but it's taken me really a lifetime to go, oh, all oh, the gifts mm-hmm. that were there in <laughs> those challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes you who you are, right? Yeah, that's the self-reflection part
0: where yeah. you know instead of being hard on ourselves based on the past experiences, we get to see the light and how it created who we are today and the value that we get to bring to ourselves and those around us. So this really, Morella, this paints a beautiful picture of why you kind of innately already understood this concept and why you became passionate about it because you began to see that there was something uh, around you, people around you did not have the understanding of that, the things that you already knew. And so you Mm -hmm. saw that there was a need and you said, well, I'm going to help others because I get this and they don't. So that said, how do you really bring others in your coaching practices? Now you're the life coach mom. So I I wonder if your audience is those who are parents who are Mm -hmm. dealing with children and have all the life and the busyness right? What yes. do, you do you like to take people to to uh, to start incorporating regulation of emotions?
1: Mm. Yeah, most of the people, most of my clients that I work with, they are moms, and, and people ask me why did you come up with life coach mom? Well, I'm a life coach and I'm a mom, and those really are two, my two passions, my two callings in life. And again, now it just when I were as I reflect on where I am now with adult children, I look back to my younger self and think to myself, "What what is it that I, that I could have used, that could have helped me in this journey of motherhood? And there's so much, I mean, I love reflection. This is just something I naturally do. So as I was really thinking about who I was 20 years ago, struggling with two young kids, uh, struggling with my mom's decline in health, I I needed help with my own emotions. I was I was already overwhelmed as a new mom, and my mom was uh, nearing her. She was in her sunset years, and her health was really declining. and And eventually, she passed away from breast cancer. And so, there was a lot happening within me, inside me. And it just magnified. Those two things really, when they collided, it magnified so much within me me, and I needed help. I needed help.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, There was a lot of sadness, a lot of loneliness, a lot of guilt, isolation. And it's so interesting looking back on it because I felt those in both camps as I was caring for my mom and also as I was caring for my children. And some of those emotions surprised me. Some of them seemed, they make sense. It's of course the overwhelm, the stress and all of that. But some of these quote unquote negative emotions towards my children, the impatience I would have or or like these flashes of rage and anger, like, oh, what is that about? What is that about? And it just, it's overstimulation. All of it's overwhelming, raising children is, is, can be very overwhelming. Yeah. So, as I, oh, so, anyways, just to finish your, uh, answering that question, is I specifically wanted to help that demographic, which is why I call myself a life coach mom and bring really my own experience, my heart of compassion, and my listening ear. And I just want to tell moms whatever it is that you're feeling, it is okay. I want to validate all of it, not dismiss it, not judge it. The reason you and I feel so greatly is because we care so much about our our kids. And so that emotion is telling us something and to be in tune with it. Yeah. And so that's where part of my passion lies is to say, it is okay. I am here to support you. I'm here to validate you as a human being, as a mom, going through this emotional experience. And this is part of the journey. This is part of our character that's being shaped in the here and now, and really just to have grace for yourself in those Um, moments.
0: Well, Morella, that is more fitting than anything, I feel like, because in the emotional aspect of life, nothing has brought me more emotion than my children. And nothing, you know, they they really do as parents and, um, you know, as mothers because we we carried, we loved and nurtured those children. And so there's this bond Mm -hmm. that we experience where the emotions are very, very high. (laughs) So we're going to go into a commercial. And when we get back, we're going to highlight these emotions and what we can do to help regulate them as parents. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our wellness-driven life show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Welcome back here with Morella. And we're talking about regulating our emotions, and especially when it comes to us as parents. So, Marella, this really came to the forefront, even though in childhood you learned very early on what it was like to go within to start questioning yourself why do i feel this way what do i need and and you really understood what it was like and what it meant to start regulating yourself and your emotions and then something came up where of course as life happens for all of us it was something that was very deeply moving and deeply emotional started to stir up things within you and in the process of that the emotions We're becoming off balance, right? And you notice that you're starting to kind of lash out to the kids and you're saying things that you don't normally say and doing things that you don't normally do. And, uh, because of that, you, you started learning and growing from those experiences. I think the beautiful thing about that is that you're questioning why, why am I reacting this way? I think, um, You know, we don't get to that point yet until we start to learn that that's a process. That's a piece of the regulation aspect, because it's that awareness that starts first.
1: Yes. Well said. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't manage what we don't identify or haven't identified yet. And something I say all the time is that this life, motherhood, all of it. It's an emotional experience that we're going through. We all have emotions. Uh, it's part of who we are. We're intellectual, we're spiritual, we're, we're emotional, and a bunch of other things as well. And so what I like to focus on is just one aspect of our being, of our human experience. And it's looking at our lives through the lens specifically of our emotional experience, because I think uh, our emotions... Are what drive us, like you said, are drive our responses, uh, drive our attitudes, drive our moods, um, how we show up, and uh, our responses to our children, how we treat our children as well. So I think it's really important to identify. Oh, I feel something rising up in me. Is that is it anger? Is it rage? And knowing that what comes out of my mouth next is likely being driven by the thing that feels is filling us in this moment. So if I'm filled with impatience, I'm going to show up. As an impatient version of me. That's not a good version. <laughs> I I know who I am when I'm impatient. And I'm, uh and I'm short and I'm um uh, judgmental or I'm just crabby, I'm not a good time to be around when I'm impatient. So I started to think to myself, oh, I, I I this is who I become when I'm angry, this is what I sound like, this is how I show up, these are the things that I say, yeah. and I started really to observe myself and understand that that affects my relationships with the people I love most, with my spouse, with my kids. And so how important that is to be able to observe oneself and then to be able to then take the next steps in in regulating, like what what comes next.
0: Well, Marilla, that being said, what is the process that you go through personally when you start to feel unwanted
1: emotions mm-hmm. really is to give yourself a moment a human moment to say oh it, it, it and what i'm about to say happens so quickly but i'm going to really break it down that in that moment when there's a you know quote unquote trigger and i feel this I, I get negative emotion coming up is to first acknowledge it not dismiss it but to validate it and almost like question it in in my own mind is this an appropriate response is my anger or my impatience an appropriate response and a lot of the times it's yes it is an appropriate response to to the experience to what, what's happening in that moment and then to take a moment and say okay But I can choose now to govern myself differently in a way that I'm proud of, as opposed to in a way that's very reactionary. Mm -hmm. That's from a place of, you know, anger or impatience or, or even my worry or fear. I mean, that, that's innate. All of us can have a, have a a quick reaction to that, but it's in the self-reflection before and after those moments to really question, okay, but do I like who I become when I am full of you know, anger? And is it even helping anybody? Is this helping my conversation with my kids? Is this helping my relationship with my kids, with my husband, with the people I care most about? I know how the conversation goes if I react from a place of a, a strong negative emotion. It doesn't help anybody it, it becomes sort of like a just a, a venting and so if we're really mindful and really ask ourselves what is it that i want out of my relationships what do i want for the people i say i love the most and it's harmony it's peace it's healthy relationships good relationships fun relationships okay, so if that's my goal, again, I'm dissecting it slowly, but in, but this is really the thinking that happens or that needs to happen in my opinion. And it does happen. So really identify it. It does. Right. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's automatic
0: for me. And emotion yeah. happens very quickly. Yes. And I think that the, the key is to begin to understand that it is that quickness and to kind of snap ourselves into the reflection of it and how we want to respond differently. There's so much proof now, so much science to back this on how we we give off information in our energetic fields, right? And so it's all stemmed from emotion. The, the information that's coming out is our emotions and it spreads and You know, the people that are around us are going to experience those emotions as well. A great way to explain that is you just get a feeling when somebody walks into the room and either it's a a wonderful, uplifting feeling or it's this heavy, you know, know, just awful feeling. Right. And so that's just an idea, an expression of what it it does and how powerful that is, that which we cannot see in those emotional responses that we all have. And, you know, when we consider that and understand that as parents, especially, it's like, well, if I want to serve my children in the best way, then I have to really figure out how to regulate those emotions quickly, because otherwise, it's going to affect the entire family. And not only the entire family, but the people that they're around as they go off to school, you know, it's going to affect their entire day. So
1: exactly
0: that clarity and understanding. Then it starts to come to well, how do I address that in the moment? Because we all know how fast emotional responses come. You know, traffic mm-hmm. is a really good example of that. We're, mm-hmm. we're and we're late to our appointment or our meeting, and we're giving the presentation and or what have you. You know, and and it could easily go to this this anger or this frustration that leads into more negative emotions if we don't stop it in that time and say, I want to respond differently. So That's
1: right.
0: Can you give a couple of examples and experiences that you've had where you know you did make a different choice and how that
1: turned out for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think okay. the traffic is a great example, as you were saying that, yeah, I I just, I see myself in, in many examples where that very thing happens, where I, I get in the car, I'm on my way somewhere. And, um, you know, early on in my drive, I feel more willing to let people come in and wave and thank you. And you let me at a certain point, like, I just need to get where I'm going. So no, you're not coming in. <laughs> I don't have time to to allow you to come in. And and so in those, it's in those moments, it's so easy for the narrative to take over. Like, oh, where you're going is more important than where I'm going, right? Um, this is just my, how I feel in those moments as well. And it's really a matter of taking captive our thoughts and the narrative in my mind. And so what I mean by that is creating a narrative That says, you know, just like me, that's a phrase I like to use. Just like me, this person has somewhere to go that's important. You know, just like me, this person, you know, also deserves just a moment of grace, like come on in. (laughs) Just like me. So that phrase, in and of itself, helps humanize the other person or the Mm -hmm. experience that we're all in this life in this journey on the road together because we have priorities. We have responsibilities. We have places to get to. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, a one small example. I a-
0: That's really beautiful. Let's, let's stay on that oh. because I think okay. that it's so, so powerful and it walks right into the compassion piece yeah. of us. The reflective piece of just like me, this person. And, excuse me, it's very, very powerful because it's, again, it's easier to blame, to be upset, yes. to feel, uh, you know, like you're in the right and your things are most important because it's you. And of course they are, right?
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> and, when we start to look at other human beings, regardless if they're doing wrong to us, when we start to shift that perspective to just like me, which is so beautiful. I just, Mm -hmm. I have to keep on this and highlight it. It's a wonderful way to say uh, me too. And I understand. Mm -hmm. And that's right. No, when we start to look at other people as a mirror to ourselves, and even though we would say I would never do what they do, and but at the same time, there's aspects of us as human beings that we're capable of, right? We're capable of That's right. things, and we're capable of beautiful things, and mm-hmm. that lies in the choice of what we That's choose right. to respond to and choose to express ourselves as. Mm-hmm. But. You know, one of the things that I love the most, Marilla, so thank you for sharing that just like me, because I think that that is a really powerful thing that people can hold on to and utilize as they're out throughout their day. And Mm -hmm. the way that it, it came across easiest for me, too, was when I understood, especially as a parent with my children. You know, as, as parents, you want to grab onto your children. You want to control. You don't. You want to shelter them. You don't want them to go through the horrible experiences that we've gone through. Just like you, Morella, you're you're putting them through all of these different programs, giving them the experiences that you did weren't able to have as a child, based on finances and mom not being around, etc. So we we kind of become this hover parent, right? Because we want to make sure mm-hmm. that they're okay and at the same time, know that they are their individual person and their soul is on their own journey. And so why wouldn't we want to allow that for them? Because they have to experience life in their own way. And so when I look at as a parent, it's easy to say that for my children, it's easier to understand that for my child. But when it's a stranger, and I'm like, man, what you did was awful, I would never. And yet know that they're on their own path.
1: Mm-hmm. and um,
0: grace and love and compassion because of that, it's a freeing feeling. That's what it. Allow the world around you to express itself in whatever manner it needs to.
1: Yes. Oh, that was so good. So well said. It is a very freeing experience because yeah. uh, going back, I love what you said. It's so easy to get caught up in the emotion of that moment And start attacking and blaming and complaining. And I don't want to carry that energy all day. I I don't think anybody does, but we do naturally. If we agree with that one narrative, it stays in our bodies. We feel the tension. We feel the impatience and we take that with us. Yeah. So if we're on our way to work, like you said, or we're on wherever it is, we have that energy in us. So, oh, so much better to be able to
0: disease. So we know that now. exactly. Also.
1: exactly. I it just love science.
0: Mind. I love all the things that we get to prove now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I love what you said is that we have the ability, we have the capacity to to do the same thing that's irritating us, <laughs> uh, because yes. this is, it's humanity. I think I, I see as everything as being an object lesson for myself. Like, oh, that person did that. I have, uh, I'm capable of. I have that in me, but to shower somebody with grace and love and to be able to let it go and wish them well oh that right there is really the cherry on top so it's yeah just like me that person has is a human being on their journey and I wish them well and that's just a way to be able to okay I'm going to tap into something that's counterintuitive really that takes intention yes I do I wish you well
0: Great word. Intention is is definitely a key player here, and when we're intentional towards loving and being compassionate towards other human beings, it is so powerful, impactful, and it it does make a difference in their lives. Whether you can't see it right now, that energy that you give to them is going to become an expression throughout their day. Yeah. You know, so and that's kind of a it's a really beautiful thing to to think about, you know, you can just imagine that, you know, maybe this person was going through this awful experience. They just got fired. They lost their parent, whatever it is that causes a human being to react emotionally. If you think about ourselves, we're reacting emotionally in a negative context because we feel like we're out of control in life or things aren't going our mm-hmm. way. And so that same thing is happening to them, just like, me. And yeah. so when we come to that understanding and we, we just share light and love towards them, that eventually it's going to play out in a lovely manner for them and to just kind of put that in our minds. So Marilla, that is kind of walking us into the spiritual aspect of things where you really highlight that in your coaching and in your life. Do you want to share a little bit about that and what that means to you and how you, you practice that?
1: Uh, what specifically, how do I practice just in my own life? Your
0: spirituality, how does spirituality play out in your world, in your life? And how, as a coach, do you share that with others?
1: Mm hmm. Okay, so a little context too. I was raised in a Christian home. So I was introduced to, to faith really early on, and uh, went through the motions, did the church thing every week, and just walked away as a teenager uh, from the faith and just wanted to do life on my own. I knew, uh, or so I thought, uh, what that life was about. Okay, I'm ready to just take charge of my own life and went to college, and so for about 10 years, um, just doing life on my own, just like you know, all of us do. And it was really when my mom uh, was diagnosed with her cancer towards the end of her life uh, that uh, I, I came back home to care for her. And she was a strong woman of faith. What an example she was to me, even to her last breath. Um, what an example of a loving woman didn't complain was very acceptance. I mean, what I saw in her was really this gentle, quiet spirit and a radical acceptance of her condition. And I saw peace. She wasn't afraid of dying. She wasn't angry at her disease at life. None of that. She wasn't, um, It was that wasn't what was in her, in her, in her sweet spirit, and so that really got my attention. I thought, oh, is this what faith can do? Is this is? I'm seeing it in action. I'm witnessing. She has every reason to be angry and to be bitter and to all of it, all of the, again, quote unquote negative. But she wasn't that way at all, and so. That really made an impression on me and I wanted to really rediscover faith from as an adult, not as a child who really had no say, you know, I just did what she did, but really come from a different perspective. I had an opportunity to live life, you know, in my own, on my own terms yeah. and wanted to really just come back and ask those hard questions like, is this is real, is there even a God? <laughs> Am I, what is this life really about? So I took me down a really a reflective journey and I rediscovered and I tapped into my faith and it really did just bring a new life. It birthed a new life, a new perspective in me, really a new spirit, a new way to see the world. And I really started to see uh, the changes in me from within that transformation that was happening of um, this is who I was apart from faith, apart from my trust and God. And then this is who I am now. Wow. There's no denying that there's no denying that there was, that there is a spirit greater than my own, that wants the best for me, a God that wants to to empower me, a God that just showering me with love and grace. And my response to that is change. It's just this, a change. That naturally yeah. happens when that experience really takes root.
0: It is beautiful. Yeah. You know, when we, you know, your mother exuded this faith and trust mm-hmm. and surrender to. Yes. It, it diminishes fear when we have mm-hmm. all of those things. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness when we see somebody who is going through immense challenges in life, you know, even resulting in death. And yet Mm -hmm. they the way that they are responding, the relaxed
1: state
0: rendering piece of that. And to just know it's in the all-knowing, right? Mm -hmm. That that it's going to be okay. We're just transitioning into something different. That there really Mm is death, and Mm -hmm. so I I just think that that is such a beautiful thing. And of course, Marilla makes complete sense that as you were witnessing this, it has you questioning and reflecting and wanting to also come to that deep understanding.
1: Yes, that's right. I wanted that piece. I I wanted what she had. I thought this this, (laughs) just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense, and so that. Yeah, that, that really gets people's attention when we uh, are able to respond to life in a counterintuitive way. Yeah.
0: You know, I um, personally on my journey, we took care of my grandmother as she was going through her end of life process. And I was with her when she died. I was the only one. And being able to witness and experience a similar Thing. She she was just such an incredible soul and spirit and, mm-hmm. and touched so many people's lives. But it was certainly a, a lot of lessons and reflection for me, as well as for my girls, my children and for all of us. Yeah. A thing, And I would love to see more of that where families are really caring for one another and they get to witness that uh, coming from a law enforcement background. We, we see death and so much of society shelters that for us where we don't, there is more of a fear-based reaction towards it because of that, because we're not familiar with, we don't have an understanding of what it feels like, um, to, to witness a death and to, to feel that, that soul moving on. You know, mm-hmm. leaving the body that that when when it has left the body, the body is so hollow. And like there, there's ways that is difficult mm-hmm. to understand in words, but yet when experienced, it has a very profound impact mm-hmm. on somebody.
1: A hundred percent. And as you, as you're sharing that, I want to share a quick story too of my mom when she had passed away. She was in a nursing facility uh, towards the end, and she had passed away. Uh, one morning i wasn't there and so the the facility called me and they said do you want to come see your mom she has passed away and in my mind's eye, i thought okay there's a difference between being in the room and seeing somebody pass away in in real time and actually choosing to go and see the dead body and so when she asked me that I was sort of stunned, like, wait, do I do I want to see her? Is that the memory that I want of her? is to see her passed on? And it's a p- personal decision. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but for me, I thought, I'm going. I'm going. I just felt like I, I wanted to go and and see her one last time. And I'm so glad I did. And I walked into the room, and there was a nurse there, and uh, the nurse uncovered my mom, and i I looked at the body. And I don't even know if I said this out loud, I probably did. And I said that that's not her, I, it's her. I mean, it's her body, but I recognize her spirit isn't there. Her spirit mm. so what I'm seeing I love the word that you use hollow. I saw a vessel. I saw a shell of a person. There was no connection. Oddly enough, it was such a surreal moment. I had no connection to this outer shell. Because it, it was clear to me it was vacant. This body was a host for something that's lived on, and I had such peace in that moment. There wasn't grief. I saw I've experienced just a peace for her. She's actually free from this trapped body that's diseased and decaying and and really had just really limited in its capacity. And so, that really affirmed for me, that's all of us. We all have a spirit, a soul within us. Another thing that really stood out to me, and to this day, I still think about it. You know, I was looking at her body and I noticed that she had uh, two clenched fists and I thought that was unusual. So I opened up her hands and I noticed that somebody had put in a quarter in each of her of her hands. And I thought it was just a sweet moment. Uh, I think you know, it's, it's somebody who's wishing her well in the next life, um, somebody with good intentions. And 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 it's in that moment I thought, you know, wherever she is, I mean, I. It's sweet that somebody gave her fifty cents. But I am convinced that wherever she is, she does not need any currency, any money, nothing from this world goes on to the next world. It is a graduation into, into something. And somewhere bigger and better, and she's free. She's free. It is
0: a beautiful gesture, though. You know when we, it
1: is, yeah.
0: The humanity of us.
1: Yes. And,
0: you know, from stranger to stranger, to be able to, you know, whatever their belief systems are, but yeah. the act of it, the the kindness, the uh, the wishing you well, no matter what what realm you're in. I agree. It is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And again, it was a gift for me to see that. I mean, those are really the two things that stood out to me is, is the sentiment behind that, that there were people there, there was somebody there who really, who who loved her enough to do that, to go above and beyond. Yeah.
0: Well, Morella, it has been beautiful having you share your experiences. Thank you so much. How touching and, you know, vulnerable you have been thank you very very much it very much paints the picture of why you show up the way you do and being bold and brave enough to be able to coach people into how to meet those how to regulate our emotions and to maybe meet and understand that more spiritual aspect of ourselves so that Mm -hmm. said is there anything else you want to share with our audience today
1: I. My really just to say is to, to care for yourself, to care for yourself beyond the ways that we normally do. And like we take care of ourselves, you know, as women, we do our hair, we do our nails. You know, self-care is really a, a, a buzz topic right now. And those things are important. The external things are important to take care of our physical health, um, our skin or all of that. But it's that it's what's inside that's really who you are. And that that's being shaped moment to moment experience from experience. And so really, to me, the definition of self-care is caring for what's on the inside and learning how to be in touch with your emotions, with the vulnerable side in us, um, with the experiences that we're having to be mindful of that and care for yourself. Yeah. not us be so hard on ourselves.
0: that have compassion for ourselves yes
1: exactly yeah oh
0: it's it's been lovely tell us morella what is the next big thing for you what are you most
1: passionate about the things that you're creating in the Mm -hmm. world today Well, the big thing is I did write a book that's uh, now on Amazon and it's called SOS for the MOM. And yes, it spells mom, but I like the alliteration SOS for the MOM, a Christian mom's guide to managing emotions. And so this is a book that's for moms. It's 10 chapters. I talk about 10, the 10 common emotions that we experience in motherhood. And then I also connected to a mom in the Bible who likely experience the same emotion and what can we learn from, um, from those moms. So that's, that's now out into the world. And that's really what I'm passionate about is this, taking this message, um, to the stage online, creating encouraging videos, supporting videos for others also to, um, become more aware and -hmm. to be more compassionate towards self that this is an emotional experience. it's a. it's it, I always say this to moms too like motherhood is as much experiential as it is emotional and experimental. like no one mom is nailing it. we're figuring it out. we learn as we go, we grow as we go and again, going back to compassion, I just love that. I love yeah. that compassion for towards each other, towards self
0: and you know it makes me think of you know life as is- is living on that emotional roller coaster right but eventually as we start to regulate those emotions it becomes less nauseating and more <laughs> fun
1: <laughs> yes well said yeah.
0: well that's that's awesome so i want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you so it's going to be displayed here on the screen has been throughout and also for our audience to know that every information or contact information for our guests on the show is in the description below. So for those of you listening in, be sure to check out that description. And I'll go ahead and say it's www.lifecoachmom.net. Easy peasy. www.lifecoachmom.net. And I have to say with my own experience, Marilla, with seeing the things that you're producing, the content, it's really fun. And, and I really do enjoy it. And you have this beautiful way through your acting career and the production mm-hmm. uh, past, that you bring this really fun, engaging, light uh, moments to the audience, along with you, you know this coaching piece, this reflective piece, and where we can apply that knowledge and wisdom in our own lives so i have to say that definitely Mm -hmm. that um you should check out some of her work because it's really engaging and fun oh
1: thanks april i appreciate that
0: you're absolutely welcome so marilla thank you so much for being our guest on the wellness driven life show
1: thank you it's been my pleasure i really enjoyed this
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much to our audience. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you for tuning in. Goodbye for now. And we will see you next time.